Do you want victory? You can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder and executive director of Weirs Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis family situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. Daniel chapter 2, this is God's Word. In the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. His mind was troubled and he could not sleep, so the king summoned the magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, and astrologers to tell him what he had dreamed. When they came in and stood before the king, he said to them, I've had a dream that troubles me, and I want to know what it means. Then the astrologers answered the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream, and we will interpret it. The king replied to the astrologers, This is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me what my dream was and interpret it, I will have you cut into pieces and your houses turned into piles of rubble. But if you tell me the dream and explain it, you will receive for me gifts and rewards and great honor. So, tell me the dream and interpret it for me. Once more they replied, Let the king tell his servants the dream and we will interpret it. Then the king answered, I am certain that you are trying to gain time because you realize that this is what I firmly decided. If you do not tell me the dream, there is just one penalty for you. You've conspired to tell me misleading and wicked things, hoping the situation will change. So then, tell me the dream, and I will know that you can interpret it for me. The astrologers answered the king, There is not a man on earth who can do what the king asks. No king. However great and mighty has ever asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or astrologer. What the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods. And they do not live among men. This made the king so angry and furious that he ordered the execution of all the wise men of Babylon. So the decree was issued to put the wise men to death. And men were sent to look for Daniel and his friends to put them to death. When Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, had gone out to put to death the wise men of Babylon, Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. He asked the king's officer, why did the king issue such a harsh decree? Arioch then explained the matter to Daniel. At this, Daniel went into the king and asked for time so that he might interpret the dream for him. Then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery, so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven and said, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He sets up kings and deposes them. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness, and light dwells with him. I thank and praise you, O God of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. 
Then Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to execute the wise men of Babylon, and said to him, Do not execute the wise men of Babylon. Take me to the king, and I will interpret his dream for him. Arioch took Daniel to the king at once and said, I found a man among the exiles from Judah who can tell the king what his dream means. The king asked Daniel, also called Belshazzar, Are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream and interpret it? Daniel replied, No wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he is asked about, but there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. He has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in days to come. Your dream and the visions that pass through your mind as you lay on your bed are these. As you were lying there, O king, your mind turned to things to come, and the revealer of mysteries showed you what is going to happen. As for me, this mystery has been revealed to me not because I have greater wisdom than other living men, but so that you, O king, may know the interpretation and that you may understand what went through your mind. You looked, O king, and there before you stood a large statue, an enormous, dazzling statue, awesome in appearance. The head of the statue was made of pure gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of baked clay. While you were watching, a rock was cut out, but not by human hands. It struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and smashed them. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were broken to pieces at the same time and became like chaff on a threshing floor in the summer. The wind swept them away without leaving a trace, but the rock that struck the statue became a huge mountain and filled the whole earth. This was the dream, and now we will interpret it to the king. You, O king, are the king of kings. The God of heaven has given you dominion and power and might and glory. In your hands he has placed mankind and the beasts of the field and the birds of the air. Wherever they live, he has made you ruler over them all. You are that head of gold. After you, another kingdom will rise, inferior to yours. Next, a third kingdom, one of bronze, will rule over the whole earth. Finally, there will be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron, for iron breaks and smashes everything. And as iron breaks things to pieces, so it will crush and break all the others. Just as you saw that the feet and toes were partly of baked clay and partly of iron, so this will be a divided kingdom, yet it will have some of the strength of iron in it, even as you saw iron mixed with clay. As the toes were partly iron and partly clay, so this kingdom will be partly strong and partly brittle. And just as you saw the iron mixed with baked clay, so the people will be a mixture and will not remain united any more than iron mixes with clay. In the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it will itself endure forever. This is the meaning of the vision of the rock cut out of a mountain, but not by human hands. A rock that broke the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold to pieces. The great God has shown the king what will take place in the future. The dream is true, and the interpretation is trustworthy. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell prostrate before Daniel and paid him honor and ordered that an offering and incense be presented to him. The king said to Daniel, surely... Your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings 
and a revealer of mysteries, for you were able to reveal this mystery. The king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished many gifts on him. He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon and placed him in charge of all its wise men. Moreover, at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego administrators over the province of Babylon, while Daniel himself remained at the royal court. May God add his blessing to this reading from his holy and inspired word. Abiding in Christ is paid for by the generous donations of listeners like you. We are grateful for gifts of any amount. You can make a donation online at wvr.org. That's wvr.org. To step out of my comfort zone Into the realm of the unknown where Jesus is Well, that's a cool story, isn't it? I love this, not only because it is a miracle, but because of the amazing attitude of Daniel. First of all, the king has a dream. Now remember, this is a guy who holds the power of life and death. God has entrusted him with the authority. Doesn't mean he always uses the authority rightly, but he has that authority entrusted to him. And he has this dream that really troubles him. It's bizarre to him. He doesn't understand what it means, but he can tell it has significance. It's not just a dream. It's not just because he had pepperoni the night before. Okay? This guy has had a dream that he knows has meaning, but he doesn't know what the meaning is. Normally, he would call together his wise men, his astrologers, all that kind of thing, and say, guys, here's what I dreamed. What does it mean? But the king is smart enough to realize that these guys are just making stuff up. Fortune tellers and... and astrologers and all those folks, it, it's not an innocent pastime, okay? It is, it is bad news. It's something God forbids, and God's people are not to have anything to do with that. I mean, God doesn't say, hey, don't believe that stuff. A lot of that stuff is just hooey, okay? Well, a lot of that stuff is just hooey, but God hates people who try to give spiritual counsel apart from him, Okay? Daniel was a guy who listened to God. And when the other astrologers and so forth were called in and given an impossible task by their boss, King Nebuchadnezzar, they said, you tell us the dream and we'll interpret it. And he said, no, I've made up my mind. I'm not going to tell you the dream. You have to tell me what the dream was, and then I'll believe what you tell me it means. These astrologers, enchanters, sorcerers were bad people. They were wicked people, and they're going to do wicked things later in this book. But Daniel does something amazing. When he hears that the king has ordered all the magicians and all the counselors and all the astrologers and all the enchanters to all be executed, Daniel is in that group of wise men, okay? And Daniel, hearing that all of them are supposed to be executed, says, wait, don't execute them. Give me a chance to talk with God. Give me a chance to pray. And he goes to the king. Now, if you knew the king was looking to have you killed, would you want to go see the king? I mean, I'd be thinking, how many miles do we have to hike to get back to uh, Judah? (laughs) You know, I think I'm leaving Persia. Thank you very much. But Daniel said, 
I want to go see the king. And he goes in to see the king and he says, just give me an opportunity here. And the king gives him an opportunity. And he goes to God. And he says, oh God, you know the answer to this. Please reveal this to me. What a wonderful thing. And then, it was that night, during the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. And Daniel said, I can't believe how smart I am. Is that what he said? He said, no, praise be to you, the God who knows all things. Thank you for revealing this to me. In chapter 1, we saw that God was the one who gave Daniel his intelligence and understanding of all kinds of things and the ability to interpret dreams. Here, he again is giving praise to God. He knows where the blessing comes from. And so he's thanking God for what God has done. And he says, I thank and praise you, O God of my fathers. You've given me wisdom and power. You've made known to me what we asked of you. You've made known to us the dream of the king. Then when he goes to tell the king, he says, verse 36, we will interpret it to the king. God gives him the revelation, and he's sharing the credit not only with God, but with his buddies. Okay? He says, we can help you. He's not saying, I will interpret for you. Oh, yes, king. I'm getting it right now. He goes in and he says something else that's really profound and that tells us something about Daniel's background. He says, you know, God revealed to you, O king, what he's going to do. Now, those of you who know your Bibles, that should remind you of another scene from earlier biblical history, where a young Jewish boy appears before a pagan ruler who has had a dream and says to him, not God has revealed to me, but God has revealed to you what's going to happen in the future. And he also, if, this, if that didn't jar your memory, he also said, I can't interpret the dream, Pharaoh, but God can. That's what Daniel says. He says, verse 27, No wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about, but there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. That's almost a quote from the book of Genesis. Because Joseph said the same thing to Pharaoh. Well, isn't that something? <laughs> Quite a coincidence, isn't it? Where do you think Daniel got his inspiration? He knew the Word of God. Genesis was around. And it seems that like a good Jewish lad who'd been brought up in the faith, Joseph's story was something that Daniel had memorized in childhood. Here at the ranch, we encourage you to memorize the Scripture. What's the first chapter we ask you to memorize when you come here as a student. Yes, ma'am. Psalm 1. That's exactly right. The first psalm. And when you memorize that, a lot of folks, that's the most they've ever memorized in their life. But they discover, I can do this. Because you can. I can do this. And with Psalm 1 memorized, 
then maybe we could do Psalm 2. Maybe we could do Psalm 8. Maybe we could do Psalm 23. And pretty soon I've got chapters memorized. And I'm getting ranch bucks. And this is great, and I like this. We have kids who've been here who've memorized over 50 chapters of the Bible. I think one over 60 chapters of the Bible. Whole books of the Bible. I'm going to memorize the book of James. I'm going to memorize the book of Philippians. Well, why don't you race? Okay. Uh, is it okay to be competitive? In scripture memory, yeah, we'll allow it. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Daniel had memorized the story of Joseph. I can't prove that. It's the word of God. Why wouldn't you want to memorize it? It's a great story. It's an inspiring story. It's our history. Why wouldn't we want to know this stuff? And so Daniel, drawing from the lesson of what he'd learned in the scriptures, speaks the way that Joseph spoke to Pharaoh when he goes in to speak to Nebuchadnezzar. You can actually learn good lessons about human relations and how to deal with people in power if you study your Bible. And even before he went to speak to the king, go back to verse 14. When Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, had gone out to put to death the wise men of Babylon, Daniel spoke to him with what? With wisdom and tact. With wisdom and tact. Now, it would be fine if he just said with wisdom, but he, there's emphasis here on the fact that the way he spoke to the commander, a guy who's come to kill him, is with wisdom and tact. Where did he get that? He got it from God. How did he get it? Partly from studying God's word. So do you think he had a copy of the book of Genesis with him? Nope. He had to memorize. He had to memorize. Do you know that many of our brothers and sisters around the world, even today, get together and share with one another the portion of the scripture that they have memorized? Because they don't have a whole Bible. They live in places where it's illegal to have a Bible. And so the Bible is divided up among the members of the body of Christ, and they go back and they commit it to memory. So that if something should happen to the copy they have, they know what it says, and they can share that, and they will meet together and share the scriptures. There have been stories uh, in various wars where U.S. servicemen would, in prison, quote scripture portions to each other. They didn't have whole chapters memorized usually, but they would have a verse or a few verses or a, a paragraph. And that they knew from childhood, and they would quote that to each other. And they would encourage each other with the scriptures they knew. Let me tell you something, folks. We take so much for granted. We've got multiple Bibles. I use a different translation each year for my personal devotions just to try and keep myself alert and fresh as I'm going through. That is something that is unimaginable in church history and unimaginable in most parts of the world for us to have multiple copies of the Bible in various translations, all of which we can go to and learn from. Please understand, we are extraordinarily blessed. And for us to not be studying the Scripture, meditating on the Scripture, memorizing Scripture, is, is hideous stewardship to be kind. Okay? It is, at best, being a terrible steward. We need to make the most of what God has entrusted to us. So, Daniel goes in, he shares this prophetic overview of world history as far as what's going to happen, that God has revealed to the king, and he says, the reason God revealed this to you is because this is how it's going to be. This is what's going to happen. 
Do you remember Pharaoh and the cows? Joseph didn't say to him, you know, this stuff could happen. He said, God has decreed this is what's going to occur. and You need to be prepared. Well, likewise, what's described here culminates with a vision of Jesus and his kingdom, that rock that was not cut out by human hands, that comes and smashes all the other kingdoms to bits and emerges as this huge mountain that rules over all the earth. The kingdom of God is going to be it. Every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He's King of kings and Lord of lords. And so this is revealed to Nebuchadnezzar not just for his benefit, not even just for Daniel's benefit, but for our benefit so that all those who follow would know that despite the various kingdoms that occur in subsequent generations, the rock is going to smash everything else to bits. Read at the end of the book of Hebrews. This is Hebrews 12, verse 25 and following. See to it you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? At that time his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Do you remember what the vision that God showed Nebuchadnezzar said was going to happen to all those kingdoms? That rock was going to hit them, and they were going to be like chaff on a threshing floor. <sighs> Blown away, and no more. All the power structures, all the huge organizations, all the machinations of men determined to get their own way, it's all going to go poof. It's all going to be gone. And anybody who was trusting in the military to rescue them, or the economy to turn around, vain hope, grasping at wind. But the kingdom of God will endure forever. Forever. Where is your hope today? Is it in Jesus Christ? Or is it in the kingdoms of this world? I want us to learn from Daniel's example. He recognized where his wisdom came from. He knew who to turn to when things were tough. He prayed to God and asked for wisdom, and when God gave it, he gave God all the praise. When you are blessed by God, you need to give him all the glory. And, if you want to follow Daniel's example, and that of our Lord Jesus, you'll be kind even to your enemies. Daniel spared the life of of those wicked magicians. Didn't have to. He could have said to Nebuchadnezzar, I mean, Nebuchadnezzar bowed down before him. And he could have said, all right, you're putting me in charge? Thanks so much. First thing we're going to do is get rid of all my rivals. Frankly, I, I would have done that. I would have said, I can be a good influence on the king, and those guys are just going to be a distraction, and they hate my guts anyway because I've just been promoted over them, and they were here first. So... Go ahead, Arioch, get rid of him. King said so, you heard him, go ahead and do it. 
I, don't you think that's reasonable? But it's not what Daniel did. Daniel said, don't kill all those guys. I'm going to pray. I believe God will give an answer. And he prayed, and God gave the answer. And his enemies got to live. Wow. Where in the world would Daniel get the inspiration to show mercy to his enemies from the same Holy Spirit who gave him the interpretation of the dream? Jesus, as he hung on the cross, said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. That's the God we serve. And I need my heart to be changed, to be like his. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE. Or contact us on the web at wvr.org.